You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headsets and ears and all parts of the listening system. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, back for another week of Blue Jays talk, and <laughs> it it feels good to talk about the Blue Jays this week. I I we're we're gonna get all into that, but yeah, the Blue Jays got their first winning streak since May 1st, and they did it in spectacular fashion by absolutely pounding down on the Baltimore Orioles over the weekend, a four-game sweep for the Blue Jays. I'm as shocked as anyone else. I mean, like I said on Thursday's episode, when I just railed on his team for just not being able to do anything at the plate. I I did not think they had this kind of output in them, but they they were able to score 27 runs in four games against the Orioles. Granted, that that last game was a a bit of a gong show for for Alex Cobb and the Orioles, but hey, after the five weeks that Blue Jays fans endured, I, I think we can take this one. I think we can take the what we got out of that just as some some bit of solace. I mean, watching watching the Blue Jays and it, we're we're gonna talk about uh, the big things moving forward from this series, but let's start with the starting pitching because heading into the series it kind of looked bleak. No Sam Gavilio going in this series. I know everyone was worried. But the Blue Jays starters performed very well against, I know, I know, I know this is all going to be, but it's Baltimore. It's essentially a AAA team that somehow got Manny Machado. It's like beating up the New Orleans baby cakes. But I can't stress enough how big this is confidence-wise for this Blue Jays team. I mean, think, think back to the the sights of the Yankees series when you saw Marco Estrada in the dugout being comforted by Sung Juan Oh after Oh gave up a grand slam to blow the win for him. You think about how many times you saw Blue Jays at the plate during that Yankees series just look absolutely lost trying to swing at those fastballs. So confidence is the big thing to take away from the series and it starts with the starting rotation, four, four quality starts in this series. I think they're on a run of six now, which is amazing considering all the problems they had the first two months of the season. But no, Jaime Garcia went out and had a good turn. Four hits, one run. Still walk three, but still a solid turn for Jaime Garcia for six innings. Jay Happ, seven strong innings, didn't give up an earned run. He, he looked like an all-star. He's probably going to be the all-star for the Blue Jays because who else are they going to send? We can talk about that on another episode. Aaron Sanchez continued to look like old Aaron Sanchez, which is huge for this team going forward. He, he went six and a third, gave up two runs. And then yesterday, Marco Estrada 
again, six innings, two runs. That's all. That's all this Blue Jays team needs from its starters. Just go, hey, if you can keep them under two runs in six innings, there should be a chance to win it. I mean, again, yesterday, that wasn't necessary, but. But it all comes back to a big thing we've talked about on this podcast with the starting rotation is that when you have a starting rotation that is, uh, to use the polite term, garbage, and just consistently goes out there and puts teams in a hole, it eats at your confidence. It eats at your ability as a hitter to go out there and know you have to make up for it. So the Blue Jays repeatedly being in these holes... Just just continue to grind down, grind down. So to get consistent, good starting outings, to go out there and know that you you have a chance to make a difference. Like it's not going to be four nothing, five nothing when you step up to the plate. It, it's a big confidence boost for this team, and it also smooths over some of the problems that were with the bullpen. I mean, bullpen gave up three home runs in the Thursday game. Which again, that's that's something you're going you're going to see from the likes of Tyler Clippard and John Axford. That's just who they are as pitchers. But more positive trends. Sung Hwan Oh had a pair of scoreless outings. John Axford came back from the Thursday outing to deliver two shutout innings. Danny Barnes did not allow a run. I. I, I'm going to take the credit for Danny Barnes. I I believe he read my article last week and and learned things, and he's using those things, and I am proud of him. I am proud of Danny Barnes, even if he allowed the inherited runner to score that he got from Aaron Sanchez. But I'm I'm proud of the work he's starting to put in there. He he needs to come back in there. The really the only the only squeaky wheel for this Blue Jays team from a pitching standpoint that was off was Joe Biagini. And again, we, we talked about Joe Biagini on the Friday show about how he needs to go reset somewhere. He needs to go figure out what made him good in 2016. Again, since the blue Jays have a, closed the book on him as a starter, he needs to go back and retool as a reliever. He can't be stuck in this quantum state of not knowing what he is. He, and he can't, keep doing it here. Tim Meza, who I didn't mention there, he pitched two shutout innings in that Sunday game against Baltimore and got immediately optioned after the game to make room for Preston Gilmet, who, oh, I did not understand the claiming of Preston Gilmet when I heard about it. Definitely don't understand it at the expense of Tim Meza when Joe Biagini is still on this roster, and I think everyone figured Biagini was done, at least for this little bit. But no, it's Mesa goes, who goes down for Gilmet, who has a 22.50 ERA in two appearances this season for St. Louis, and currently has a career war of negative one. So I'm not certain what what the call was there to to put him in for Mesa. Gilmet's a 30-year-old from California, actually pitched in the Blue Jays organization in 2015. 
he spent some time in AAA with the club, but didn't do enough to come up. He did he did see some time with Tampa and Milwaukee that season. But again, this is a guy who's not shown anything at the major league level. He got called up by St. Louis because he had an opt-out. And, and they would have lost him if they didn't. But I'm not certain what they wanted to do. Was this like a retaliation claiming, reclaiming for losing Carlos Ramirez earlier this season? Like, Gilmet's been a good AAA pitcher forever. Like, his, his stuff at AAA plays very well. It does not translate whatsoever to the major leagues. I, he just came back from Japan. He, he spent 2017 over in Japan. He was all right over there, 362 ERA. But, again, just nothing nothing seems to translate at MLB level for him. And I don't know if the Blue Jays are going to be that organization that somehow magically unlocks what mental block Preston Gilmet has at the major league level. But, it hey, I guess they've had enough practice with Joe Biagini, right, this season? So we'll see. I'm I'm not confident. I'm not upbeat about Preston Gilmet joining this club. I think it will be a short stay. I would have rather see Duck, Deck McGuire come back up. But anyway, I digress. We we sh- we shouldn't be talking about the the faults of the Blue Jays rotation. This is a celebration. This is a celebration of a good series. We don't know how often we're going to be able to do that. But let's let's turn our attention to the offense right after this. Okay, so we talked about the pitching in the first half of this podcast. This, this is a celebration podcast. Again, I know it's a four-game sweep of Baltimore, the equivalent of beating a six-year-old at Connect Four. But the Blue Jays have had so little to celebrate. Again, this is the first time they won consecutive games in over a month. This is something to celebrate while we have it. And again, we wanted to talk about what this means going forward. And... The big thing probably coming out of the series going forward is just how good some of the most maligned bats on this team looked. And none bigger than Randall Grichuk. Randall Grichuk had himself an absolute series against Baltimore. I I joked on Twitter that Gibby needs to find a hypnotist so that Grichuk just sees every opponent wearing orange. And maybe, maybe that'll, that'll help him out. But, uh, Grichuk was an absolute beast in, in this series. He had, he had two home runs. He had two, three hit performances. Like it, it looked like he wasn't trying to be anything at the plate. He was just going up, going up and hitting and getting solid contact. None bigger than that Thursday night game where the Blue Jays scored three runs in the line. Pretty much all Grichuk. He had that two-run double down the line, and then managed to come home on a soft single to center by Kevin Pillar. That I'm I'm pretty amazed he was able to still do that. Again, Luis Rivera, for once, is justified in his call, because Grichuk was able to get in there under the tag and tie that game. And it was a huge, huge boost for this team, like being able to turn that around. Again, I feel like I should qualify everything this episode with, but it's Baltimore. Like, I I already had that happen to me on Twitter, but it's Baltimore. 
And yeah, Brad Brock was pitching on a third straight day after he was called in both games against the Mets. And he had nothing for the Blue Jays. He was absolutely gassed. So the only the only thing is that, that finally was an instance of the Blue Jays taking advantage of that, which is something they have not been able to do regularly. But to know they have an opponent where they want and and earlier that game, I I I remarked like the Blue Jays don't take advantage of these these guys who may be pitching in in difficult situations. They don't take advantage of the guys pitching in new situations or guys that you know are are making their debut. How many times have we seen the Blue Jays fall apart against a pitcher making like their third career start or first career start? They don't take advantage of pitchers when they have them, but they took advantage of Brad Brock. That the latter half of that lineup did that. Lesmus Diaz, an, another guy who had an incredible series. Um, like like I said, you you could you could basically power power that win on the strength of the X cards. And again, it it continued throughout the lineup. We. We saw yesterday that the 13 run outburst. Curtis Granderson had a day I don't think anyone's seen him have since he was with the Tigers. Went four for five with six RBIs. I, an absolutely dominant performance from him. T. Oscar had a, had a couple solid hits. Kendris continued to to raise his average. He's above he's above the 200 level. He has passed the Mendoza line. He's batting 213. Grichuk raises average like up like 90 points in the past week. He's back up to 181 after Sunday's game. Gio Urshela was hitting yesterday. You know it's bad when Gio Urshela starts knocking you around the park. He had a two for four day, bumping him up to 250. Like it, it was just. I don't want to say inspiring because inspiring is not the word. <laughs> For that, I I don't think this is going to inspire a magical run for the Blue Jays to try and challenge maybe one of those West Coast teams for the playoffs. But it's it's just something that was so so badly missed. Again, watching that performance against the Yankees, you didn't think there was any chance of anything happening. But but seeing Grichik go out there on Thursday against the Orioles and and make that comeback happen. Seeing seeing this team go out and and take advantage of of some poor Baltimore Orioles pitching to to go out there and consistently just string along hits. Like didn't even mention Russell Martin on Friday. Russell Martin with that with that big home run off of Cashner to to get get a run back immediately after Baltimore scored in the top half of the second. The fact that Toronto was able to respond so quickly is something that, again, had been lacking the previous few months. You never thought that the Blue Jays would be able to instantly get a run back. And whenever they did, the bullpen or the starting pitcher would go out and give up another run. Like, you did, you never saw the, the Blue Jays be that reactive to an opposing team, as opposed to what you saw against Baltimore this weekend. Now, moving forward, difficulty level gets a little higher. They face Tampa Bay today. 
uh, first of three. They get starter, not starter, kind of Ryan Yarborough in the opener. I guess Tampa Bay is just figuring, eh, just we won't bother with the opener in this one, which is probably for the best. But you you actually feel more like Toronto has a chance after watching them against Baltimore. Like if if Toronto played Tampa Bay immediately after that Yankees series, I would have guessed they would have gotten swept again, or or definitely dropped two or three. But now that some of the bats got in that T-ball practice against Baltimore, now that some of them have woken up a little bit, you do feel like there there's more of an opportunity to take advantage on the road in Tropicana Field. And and Toronto did not really do that in May. They went into into Tampa Bay and dropped two or three. And again, you would have figured they would do the exact same thing in this series, but now because of what they did against Baltimore, there there is more more confidence maybe in in what this lineup can do, and we'll see if Justin Smokes back in the lineup tonight. He he did sit yesterday against Baltimore for a day rest. He wasn't he wasn't needed. I I don't mean that as a slight, but you know Kendra's going out there and playing first apparently sparked this team. So we'll see what this lineup can take going forward to see if they can continue to push Yarbrough's been good in the five innings that he's done this year he he has one stint to seven innings that that was really good but he's he's a lefty pitcher who the Blue Jays again should be able to take advantage of well will they be able to do it that will remain to be seen that's that's why we watch the games but I am more confident in their ability to go out there and do something against a Rays team that has really started to flag lately. I, I know it doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things. Uh, the team gets to move up to third now. But again, as a, as a Blue Jays fan watching that, it gives me hope. Hope that this season isn't just a futile waste of time because Vlad Guerrero Jr. isn't in the lineup. So... I guess that's the that's the message of positivity for for this Monday Musings edition of Locked On Musings. Hey, it's not hopeless. Yay! Ah, <laughs> uh, it's it's gonna be a long summer now. That, now that hockey and yeah, hockey. I I don't really miss basketball as much. I I didn't watch much of the finals, but yeah, it it's going to be a long summer. So if we can get these moments of enjoyment out of it. I'll take them where they come. So thank you so much, Baltimore, for being you. Don't ever change. And that'll bring this Monday edition of Locked on Blue Jays to a close. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at NeoAC18. It's N-E-O-A-C-1-8. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Jays. And check out the fine writing at jaysfromthecouch.com. There's some good stuff over there. And I heartily endorse it. So... For the crew here at Lockdown Blue Jays, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and y'all take care.